Welcome back to the Roman's Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. But after a five-game win streak, I repeat, five games. Yes, it did happen. We actually won five matches in a row, but it was short-lived, thanks to one David Wagner and his Huddersfield side. But before we get into that, before we get depressing, before we get down on ourselves, before we talk about how the world is coming to an end, let me invite back to the show my co-host, Sam Bagherzadeh. Sam, we missed you last week, man. I had to do this shit all alone. I know. I, I bet you missed me a lot. I, my contributions are are unparalleled. Um, because but it's, you, it's so nice I to had, be back, though. I mean, because of you, I had to go on YouTube and watch about maybe two hours worth of how to record and edit <laughs> a podcast. <laughs> And uh, it w- it was a pain in the ass because I- I'm the least techy guy you'll ever meet in your life. Oh, so th- that's why you keep me around so I can just edit the edit the podcast, huh? Are you that's talking all shit about? Hey, if you're talking shit about my editing skills, that means you- that means you listen to the podcast. I'm not talking shit about your editing skills. I'm just oh. I'm, I'm talking. So sh- I'm trying to see what my worth asshole. to the you show is. You didn't watch. You didn't listen, huh? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, I listened to last week. It was, oh, it was yeah. great. It was yeah. no, no, yeah, it was, it was great you know, last uh, week. Uh, yeah, you want know uh, right? Uh, off, let's uh, let's let's just get into this game. You know, no need to talk about last week's episode. I, I honestly wish, I wish I was able to talk last week because I would have been a lot more chipper. And I honestly wish that we uh, were able to talk or be able to record before this Huddersfield match because I would have been on top of the world. Oh yeah. Um, after this Liverpool one nil victory, um, I, let, let's go through the starting lineups real quick. Courtois in goal, um, then Cahill, Rudiger, and Aspi manning that back line. Uh, Alonso, Bakayoko, Conte, and Fabregas, and uh, Victor Moses manning the midfield, and uh, we had Hazard and Giroud um, playing, you know, in front of and behind each other, uh, with Hazard playing that coveted false nine role um and it ended up kind of working he was he was free to do whatever he wanted and i i thought that Eden hazard had a clinical match um you can't it he, i feel like he he needed one other person to be playing on the same level as him to be feeding off like his his moves and his passing because he most of the time when he would get through a couple defenders, he'd have no one to to give the ball up to, or you know, if he made a really nice run. I mean, he made so many nice runs that he just didn't get the ball. Um, but Eden Hazard just played an amazing match, and um, I'm I'm honestly shocked that we held Liverpool to zero goals. Um, and most surprisingly, we we shut down Salah completely. He was a non-factor. Except for the the two dives he pretty much had in the game, one uh, drawing a yellow card and one in the box that uh, I wouldn't have called. I wouldn't have uh, given a given a card if I was a ref as well. But it was a dive. Um, he was trying to get a penalty, but definitely a non-factor. And I think that this was the first game in a very long time that Chelsea came in with a game plan and. They really stuck to it, mm. and it worked. You know, like yeah, it, that's it, a good point. And it was, it was, it wasn't one of those matches where like 
Conte put out our team and was like, all right, let's do what we do. Um, we had to adjust because this Liverpool side is is insane, uh, has such a crazy amount of firepower. And um, I think our defense as a whole played really, really well together. Yeah, you know, I, going off of what you said, yes, I think I think Hazard struggled. Um, struggled in the Liverpool match, not in the sense that he was playing bad himself, but sometimes he's too damn good for his teammates almost, right? And it feels like that. He'll he'll beat a defender or two and play a ball into an area where a teammate should be, but just, you know, for whatever reason doesn't make the the proper run or doesn't read that far ahead. And it's it's almost like it's almost like they don't expect him to pull off some of the magic that he does during the match. But but just going off of his performance as a whole, I mean, he was terrific. He 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 literally did all he could. He looked inspired, he looked motivated, he looked fit, which is not something that you know, we've really said all season. Um, he was buzzing around like no tomorrow. I don't think I've ever seen him. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen him work that hard. To be yeah. completely honest, the, the, I think the play that encompasses what you're saying completely is um, when he got the ball on the left side of the field and dribbled past like three or four Liverpool defenders, like amazing dribbles, and uh, he pretty much got all the way to the the touch line and he had no help whatsoever and he had to take a shot on target and, you know, uh, uh, Karius, he, he made the save, but um, it was just such a bad angle that he, he had no choice but to like, you know, hit it on target, but um, with yeah, no he, help, it's like, you know, it's like, what, 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 what kind of reward do you get for making that kind of play? Nothing. No, no, you really, I mean, I mean it's unfortunate, right? And I mean, we talk about, transfer dealings and the players that are being brought in to accompany Hazard as much as I love Ali Giroud he's not he's not the answer right and like he could put in a performance here and there and he could be a great spark off the bench but as a starting striker for a for a side that aspires to be uh top four Champions League quality year in and year out he's just not the answer and to have a guy like Hazard playing next to Giroud and one of your biggest matches of the season, just a lot of people are going to hate me for this, but, but, but it's almost embarrassing, right? I mean, you, you have a guy who's considered world-class um, in almost every respect offensively, but then you're partnering up with an, an, basically an Arsenal outcast. I love Giroud. I think he's great, but he's a backup striker. I don't and, think you're going to get any hate for that, Zach. I think a majority, I think the consensus among Chelsea fans right now is that we don't have enough help. We don't have enough talent around uh, Eden Hazard, especially. Um, and it's, and it's, I don't think anyone improperly rates Giroud. I think he's he's adequately rated among Chelsea fans. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. You know, it's but it it, it all goes back to the transfer dealings, like I said earlier, and it's sad because I think if you look at our squad, there's clearly two, maybe three world class players. You have Eden Hazard. You have N'Golo Conte, and some people consider Thibaut Courtois truly world-class. Um, it depends. It's weird because two of those three players that I just mentioned decide when they want to be world-class and when they don't want to be world-class. And then there's N'Golo Conte, who's just world-class, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you look, at those, you look at those three positions, 
Courtois, I think I think he has a defense for the future. You look at Rudiger, and he he's still young, he's still developing, and he's a fucking beast. You got Christensen, who we all know is going to be a great center back in the future, and we have Dave. So I guess Courtois has good protection. But then you look at the other areas of the pitch where we have world class players. You look in the midfield, and Golo Kante doesn't have anybody next to him. Mm-hmm. Then you look at you look up top. Who does Eden Hazard have? I I don't think Williams world class. I think Williams great, and I've defended him so many times on social media. He's not world class. Alvaro Morata, too early to tell. And <laughs> yeah. if he, and, at this and, moment, and, definitely not world class. And if anybody's gonna consider him world class, we're not gonna be having this conversation for another two or three years, right? Fair. Yeah. You look at Ali Giroud, not really. But then you look at this Liverpool match. And you see what happens when you put the right partnerships on the pitch. You look at Bakayoko and N'Golo Kante. Yeah, wow. What a, what a game for Bakayoko. Ba- yeah, you, you know what? I, after I make my point, I want to talk about Bakayoko. But you look at Bakayoko and you say, hey, hey, here's the 40 million pounds we spent on you. And he looks like, he looks like shit. You know, we spent 40 million on this guy. But then he comes into Liverpool match and, dude. I mean, seeing him perform like that is frustrating, but it's very relieving at the same time because it gives me hope that, you know, maybe we do have a plan B or a completely different option other than Sesk in a midfield. Um, but then you look at Eden Hazard. Giroud stepped up in that Liverpool match. He looked awesome. His movement, his, his, his link-up play, yeah, he struggled at times, but – he did a fantastic job, and his goal was really well taken. Imagine putting world-class players next to those guys, because this is my point. They're nowhere near world-class, Bakayoko and Giroud. What if we get one more marquee signing in the midfield, or one more marquee signing to play with Eden Hazard? Where would we be? It, that's the frustrating part for me, is that we were one step away, and we had so many opportunities to buy the right players, and we just seemed to fail. And at I think least, the funny at thing least that's is, what it looks like now. We 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 did have the world the world class player to play alongside uh to play alongside Conte and that guy was Nemanja Matic, but he's off to our rivals Man United. Um and but I mean I think going back on Bakioka's performance this match, we we held a a, a poll on Twitter on our account and seventy six of the fans said that this is the beginning of his coming out party. Um would you agree with that statement? I don't want to speak too soon, but I've been I've been defending Bakioko all season long. I seem to be the more level-headed one out of us two, some, and I'm I'm not taking a shit on you or anything. Oh no, I I agree with that. But that's, that's I don't I, I don't even think it's I don't even think it's level-headed. I think it's just patient. I'm very yeah. patient with these players, and and you, you look at who we bought in the market. You look at Murata. Yeah, he's had his struggles. Um, and you look at Bakioko, he's had his struggles, but now we're starting to see the fruits of who they actually are. We're starting to see what, what they could actually bring. And Bakioko just looks like, it looks like taking him out of the firing line helped. You know, I mean, it's, it's Zach, that simple. He looks refreshed. I, I would be way more patient and understanding with Bakioko if we didn't just win the Premier League this last year. If we were rebuilding and saying, "All right, you know, this is our year off. Let's, let's, you know, let let's let's get the pieces together and let's, you know, look for the future," 
But a team that just won the Premier League shouldn't be rebuilding the following year. They should be yeah. bolstering their team and making either either becoming better or you know remaining the same. And we regressed hard this year. I mean, it's it's. I think that is just an understatement. Yeah, um, and I I completely agree. I mean, you said it. We we had the perfect partner for Angolo Conte in the Manny Matic. And I can only count maybe on one hand how many times our midfield was overrun last year because of that. We had two absolute brick walls shielding mm-hmm. our, our, our back three. Yeah. And, Sorry, go ahead. And and people seem to forget we're conceding a lot more goals because we don't have a Matic. We're playing with Fabregas. We should have a Bakayoko or at least a Bakayoko we saw against Liverpool – but obviously it's too early for him to be a regular starter day in and day out. I mean, we saw that. He cracked under pressure. But in, in this Liverpool match, Sam, I he looked calm. It looked like it looked like him sitting on the sidelines and observing from the sidelines and and obviously working hard on the training ground because he does look fitter as well. Um it looks like it's paying off. I'm looking at his stats right now and I we we didn't have much possession in this match to begin with, but he had an 86% pass completion rate. What was his pass completion rating against Watford? I, I don't have the number in front of me, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess, guess like 13%. Yeah, I'm going to guess it's not good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you look at all the matches where he didn't perform, and that's usually where it all started. He misplaced a few passes, and then he'd look flustered. But here against Liverpool, a team that – a team where I'm not going to lie, when I saw the starting 11 and I saw Bakayoko's name in there, I cringed a little bit because I'm thinking to myself, oh my god, they love the do- they love the high press. They play with a, a high-energy three-man midfield. They're going to eat Bakayoko alive when we're in possession. Mm-hmm. And he handled it. And not only did he handle it in terms of taking care of the ball, he handled the physicality. He handled the speed. He handled the how, how dynamic they were. It just – it was a very well-rounded performance. I was really, really relieved to see it. And just to answer your question because I know it's a really long answer, yeah, I agree. I think we're going to start to see Bakayoko slowly develop into a player that – I'm not going to go ahead and say he's going to be a stalwart in the future, but a player that has a future at the club. Uh, I, I just looked up Bakayoko's uh, stats from that Wofford game, and uh, it was – it was a 66% pass completion rate, but that was, yeah, that's the the fourth worst on our team or oh. in, the, in the game. I'm sorry. It was the fourth worst in the game. Um, only the person who had a worse one was uh, Troy Deeney, Richarlison and uh, Courtois. <laughs> oh no, don't talk shit about Richarlison. No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just reading the numbers, man. Numbers don't lie. Um, He's my favorite non-Chelsea player in yeah. the Premier League. Uh, I love watching him. He, no, he's great. Um, but I want to, I want to get to one last point on this match. And, um, yeah, we need to I get think into that, this field. I, I think that you would be well, more well equipped to answer this question, given your, um, tactical expertise. Uh, so one thing I noticed while, while watching this match was, um, something I, I never thought I would see, um, given the players tendencies, but, um, that three man midfield with Bakioko, Conte and Fabregas, you saw Bakayoko and Conte both playing uh, more up the field than Fabregas. Fabregas was behind them. Um, and this is something that I would definitely not expect from a game, um, you know, 
with, with when you given these kind of, these players tendencies what what kind of tactical advantage does this kind of formation give it's interesting because i noticed that while i was watching the match too fabregas started a little higher and then as the match went on he dropped off just to get on the ball a little bit more and that meant sitting behind bakayoko and conte and it's not a surprise that we're seeing Fabregas in this role because it's a great way to use a, utilize a midfielder with his ability who doesn't have the pace or the legs to get around the pitch. And Antonio Conte used to do this all the time at Juve. He used to play Pirlo behind the midfield of, of, of Vidal and Pogba. Mm-hmm. And he'd just have Vidal and Pogba doing most of the dirty work defensively. And all he would do is just sit and basically tick like a metronome all match keep the ball moving, keep the run of play going, finding quick one and two touch passes. And I honestly think a, a lot of people are giving Cesc crap this year. And it's unfortunate because he he's playing in a position that he's not equipped for physically. He yeah. cannot – he's not – he can't play in a two. And, and it's no surprise to me that when he plays in a three with two other midfielders that are mobile and could get about the pitch – where he starts to shine. And, and and for me, he was a huge standout in this game. Um, he was picking out passes. He kept play moving. He didn't create that many chances, but he was always he was always that pass before um the key pass. And that's that's uh that's very valuable. That's something that I feel like Chelsea need at the moment. Um and in certain matches like this, I love it. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if if we went into the uh, FA Cup final and um, Antonio Conte opted to go with something very similar to this because it allows us to be athletic, but it also allows us to utilize our second most creative player. Yeah, I think that this is definitely the best formation that we have as far as the personnel that we're working with. But um... hold on uh, just one second. Sorry to cut you off. One thing that frustrated me about seeing Fabregas playing in his deeper role is why the fuck did Conte not think about this earlier on in the season? And, I mean, I guess we did kind of see it against uh, Atletico in Madrid where Conte and Bakayoko were pushed up a little higher and Fabregas was just kind of sitting in and, 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 and retaining possession. But why haven't we used this more often? It It just feels like this whole... And I feel like I'm speaking for all Chelsea fans here, but between January and March or January and late April, mid to late April, we weren't – we had no tactical – no tactical announce, no game plan, no ideas going into a match. Why did – why does Antonio Conte decide to start coaching now? I mean this is what a manager is there for, right? To make – the right moves to use whatever personnel you have to utilize them in a proper system and to get the most productivity out of them. It's just crazy to me that he opted to go with Fabregas in a two-man midfield pivot all this time when we could have had a system in place like this where he thrives. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it had to do with just the lack of personnel. I mean, he couldn't throw out Bakayoko out there because he was just playing so terribly and he he couldn't play Danny Drinkwater because he didn't trust him. I mean, Zach, I, I, I actually I keep hearing I keep hearing things about Drinkwater actually being injured. 
And maybe it's not – it doesn't all have to do with Antonio Conte not liking him as a player. But I, I, I have heard that uh, drink, most of Drinkwater's frustration is coming from, coming from his lack of fitness. Yeah, I actually read an article that um, he's dealing with uh, major dehydration actually, which is uh, – you know, It's an odd one. Because he didn't drink water. He forgot to drink water. Oh, my God. <laughs> he forgot to drink water. You get it? Hey, yeah, we're trying to gain listeners, yeah, not lose them. Right? Humor, you know that. Humor is humor's, uh, going to keep them on. Don't worry, Zach. So, I mean, if we want to keep the theme of humor going, let's move on to this Huddersfield match. Oh, yeah, because that was a complete joke. Um, So, the lead up to this match. um, Huddersfield, uh, you know, just recently relegated. I mean, sorry, promoted from uh, from champions championship. to championship. Right, um, was looking at getting relegated again this this season. Um, they needed either a draw or a win, obviously, um, to stay in the Premier League and avoid relegation. Um, and that's exactly what they got. They play, they had a game plan to pretty much get the draw, and they. After their their one goal, which was just off a fluke, I think it should have been a we'll foul. Talk about like, it. Yeah, yeah. But and on the other side for Chelsea, so I mean, so there's there's Huddersfield. They're playing for their lives. Chelsea, we were playing for Champions League, and um, I think it's really funny that the other the other week, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about our priorities. Um, you know, what's more important, the FA Cup or making it to Champions League? And we were talking about you were talking about it like it was mutually exclusive. When in reality, we could have gone, we could have gone both. We could have made Champions League and won FA Cup. But um, you know, after today, it's the chances are not looking too bright. After Tottenham came out with a win, and um, we 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 need to win next week, and we need Liverpool to lose against. Um, I think they're playing Brighton next week, so we need those two things to happen. And we are in the Champions League next year, but um, definitely don't look like a Champions League team after uh, this match against Huddersfield. Um, so I'll, let me let me start off with the starting lineup. So first of all, no Eden Hazard uh, and no Giroud, which was uh, questionable to some. Um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, we had Willy Caballero in goal, Rudiger, Aspie, and the return of Andreas Christensen. Um, Marcos Alonso, Conte, Fabregas, and Zapacosta were playing the midfield along with the uh, front three of Pedro, Willian, and Morata. So, um, like I said, no Eden Hazard. Um, it took an hour to bring Hazard on. Um, do you think that waiting this long might have costed us this game? Like, when, when, when would you have brought him on? I, I would have brought him on 60 minutes earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's uh it's shameful that he didn't start. I, I here's the thing, I understand completely the concept of resting key players, um the concept of giving players you know a little bit of time off due to fatigue and whatnot. But let me tell you something, we're fighting for Champions League. We're not in it. We haven't earned shit yet, and this is a must-win game. There's only three fucking games left in the season. Why are you deciding to rest players now? That's what I want to know personally because you have Eden Hazard and you had Ali Giroud, our two most informed players, in a must-win match coming off the bench. 
and that it, it just didn't make sense to me. And and I'm gonna be honest with you, I was uh I was at the gym earlier when the lineups came out, and uh I I got a notification on my phone, took it out of my pocket, looked at it, and and I really didn't know what to feel. I was kind of excited, um, that you know we 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 get to see uh we get to see Christensen back, and then as I as I look up into the midfield, I'm like okay. Two man midfield kind of makes sense. We're going after it. Where's Hazard and where's Ali Giroud? I had to refresh my phone just to double check, make sure there wasn't a typo. It doesn't make any sense to me why they didn't start. And it cost us the fucking game. And this is all on Antonio Conte because nobody can seem to figure out his thought processes. Sometimes he's spot on, sometimes he makes the perfect substitution, the perfect change. The perfect tactical adjustment, and it works. But it just seems that this year, more often than not, he's made the wrong call. And today was just another example of that. And it's it's honestly fucking embarrassing. You know, we're, we're we dropped twenty points this season at home. Yeah, twenty, unbelievable. That's a shame. You know, it, you and I kind of disagree on this point. Um, this is the way I see it, because when I heard the news that Hazard was not starting, I I thought that it was a very reasonable decision. Because um, if you think about it, um, winning this match still wouldn't have guaranteed us a, a spot in the Champions League. Next week was just as important, uh, our next match against New- Newcastle this Sunday. And um, I think that it would be unwise for us to be playing Eden Hazard three times within a week. Because this last match against Liverpool was this past Sunday. And then this match again today on a Wednesday. And then Newcastle on Sunday. He would be gassed by then. If and you I think that take I, a ch- I, here, here, Here's the thing. I'm going to cut you off. Because th- this, this is the part that's irritating for me. If you were planning on resting Hazard and bringing him on at the end of the match, why not start him, get a good 45 minutes mm-hmm. out of him, nick a goal, take him off, and then switch it up? I mean, because, I mean... I think looking back, you, you could say, yeah, why didn't he do that? But in the in the context of the match, um, Huddersfield really wasn't getting any chances whatsoever. They were not looking like a scary side. Um, and I mean, they, they're not they're not a good team. They're definitely not a good team. They're you know, they're fighting for rele- uh, to to not be relegated. And uh, I think that Antonio Conte maybe wisely, maybe unwisely thought that with the team that we had out there, we could beat them. And um, we did have it was, a good... It was we, obvious for 60 minutes. I mean, I mean, I know what you're going to say. And we were texting during the match. You thought we were creating chances and, you know, looking decent. I thought we only looked decent for about the first 15 minutes of the match. That, I specifically, we could have had three goals in, this, in, this, in the first half. One, Marcos Alonso, really nice volley in the air, and Dutch uh, didn't go in. Um, Rudiger just missing. Rudiger had a on, sitter, yeah. Yeah, he, he had two, but one in the first half specifically. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think it was Morata had, had a chance that got past the, the the defenders and the ball just got a little bit too far ahead of him and he, he couldn't do anything with it. There was no one helping him. Um, so I think that Antonio Conte, I mean, looking back, obviously I would I would agree with you, but hindsight is twenty twenty. And I think in the flow of a match, 
I don't know. I I think that Just, he it's not it's not one of those decisions where I'll 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 kill him over it. You know, I'd be like, what what the heck's wrong with him? It's more of like I'm, a like it we're, it's Huddersfield. They they are not a good team. I mean, I really. But I, here's the thing. Here's the thing, and and this is where I go mad. It's not you don't look at a side and say, okay, how are they as a, how are they as a team? There's no generalized term for how are they as a team. Football is based on form. Huddersfield just came off a nil-nil draw against City. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if City wrapped up the league title or not. We all know that that Pep threw eight attackers out there that match. They just drew nil-nil with Man City. That game plan worked. They had a game plan that they were already confident and well versed in going into this match. Conte should know that. Conte should have looked at it and said, "Shit. Well, if." Leroy Sané and Bernardo Silva can't break these guys down. Maybe Pedro and Willian can. I mean, that's I, not. No, I no, think no, no. I no. I think you're making a very, very right. Like your your point is definitely spot on with that. But because it doesn't matter it, how good Willian or Pedro were, are as players, you're looking at form. Because football is a game of form. And you I mean, got a Man City team that's flying high after winning the title. They can't they they can't put one goal past Huddersfield. And Conte thinks we could walk into this match with basically our 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 second unit attacking wise and and nick a result. It's just it's mind boggling to me. It's I mean, absolutely mind boggling. When you're talking about form, I mean they they that's just one match where they drew against Man City with pretty much parking the bus. And you know the week before they. They got beat by Everton 2-0. It's not like, you know, it's it wasn't really like a, a long stretch of good form. It was one match, you know, like. No, but, no, but those are, those results are, are justified. The Everton match, that's a team that's vulnerable. That's a team that they could go after and say, hey, maybe we uh-huh. can nick a win. They're just unlucky. Against Man City, they're not going out there to win. Against us, they're not going out there to win. They want to they wanna walk away with a point. A nil-nil is, is, is like a three-nil to them. You know, yeah. and it's it's just it, it's so crazy to me because there's only three games left in the season. And if you you want to talk about fatigue and you want to talk about players getting tired, I would rather lose out on the Champions League spot on the last day of the season because of fatigue as opposed to a match like this. Yeah, that's fair. Like we just like there is no reason why we shouldn't be going all out for it. Who cares if we play three games in one match? These guys are getting paid ridiculous wages. That's one. Two, they're professionals, so they should suck it up, right? Okay. And three, we're desperate. I mean, I don't think I don't care how much money you're getting paid. The human body is a human body. I mean, there's some. We're de- we're desperate though. We're we should have been just as desperate as okay, Huddersfield. But was. Zach, let's say let's say we do win this match, and let's say let's say next week. You know, we win in Liverpool and loses, and we ended up making the Champions League next year. What are we going to do in Champions League, Zach? Like, what what is this team going to do? Are we going to we're going to lose in the group stages probably, or if we make no. it out, we'll lose in the first knockout stage? I mean, I don't think what, so. What, like, what, 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 Zach? We just lost to Huddersfield. I mean, this is not a this is we are not a quality. I like team. how you I like how you say lost. Even well, though it was so, a draw, it, no, no, it, was, it, it, it was feels like it. It, it feels like it. It's fair. It feels because, like I it. mean, the only goal that we had was off a of deflection off of Marcos Alonso's face. He pulled the, his he pulled the James face. Milner. Huh? Yeah, yep. Milner did the same thing, uh, but his his face is a lot more more beautiful and uh, than James Milner's for sure. Um, yeah, 
but uh, you know, I think that it, even if you know, the one the one side of me says, "What are we gonna do next year if we're if we're in Champions League?" And the other side tells me, like, you know, I know that Eden Hazard has talked out recently and saying that Champions League is not gonna play a factor into whether he comes back or not. But I mean, you he has to think about that. Think about you know how he's getting older every year. I mean, I'm not saying he's old, but you know, it's just another year wasted. I mean, that, he's gonna be 27. League. Yeah, you know. So, so if he wants to make that move. Realistically, he's only going to have about maybe three, possibly four years of prime, prime, know, prime. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I, the way the way this season has gone, I I, I want to look up the start times of uh of the games this this weekend, the the Liverpool and the Chelsea game. But the way that it's gone, I have a feeling that we're just gonna. Uh, Liverpool is gonna lose, and then we're gonna lose right after. And it was just gonna be like, okay, this was the this was just manifest <laughs> destiny. It was it was bound to happen. You know, I, I if you asked me maybe two or three weeks ago, what's the most Chelsea ending to this season? I'd say that we get tied for fourth and then lose out on goal differential. Yeah, because yeah, every team ahead of us has a crazy goal differential compared to us. Oh yeah, uh, the games start at exactly the same time, so. But oh, it's, it's it's gonna be, I I I have a feeling that's just how our season is going to end with both of us losing and, it, I think I think the only thing funnier than that happening is if Liverpool were to make I mean they make it to the Champions League final this year and don't even make it to Champions League next year that would be just as funny. It's I, something I don't think that's gonna happen though. Something you said bothered me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Hmm. We said we get if we made Champions League, we get bounced in the group stage. I, I said or or I said or in the in the first round. Or yeah, okay, fair enough. But yeah. I I don't think the squad is as terrible as people say. I just don't think we bought correctly, considering what we sold. I don't think we've replaced the players that we sold. I, I don't think we replaced okay. the players adequately. You, that you we just sold. contradicted yourself. You're saying I don't think that. I think the squad is good enough, but you don't think that we have the players. I mean, that's... no, no, no. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We sold Diego Costa. We brought in Murata. That's a downgrade. Yes. Murata, Murata is not an instant upgrade on Costa. Maybe in the long run, he becomes a 20, 25 goal season striker. Who knows? No one knows. But, but, but right now, we just swapped a 25 goal season striker for what 11 goals in 31 matches or something along those lines, right? We swapped out Nemanja Matic, who two-time Premier League winner, for Bakayoko, uh, fairly inexperienced. I say fairly because he played Champions League at Monaco, but a fairly inexperienced young midfielder from France, a completely different league. That's not a like-for-like -like replacement in my book. No. Because when, when, when you bring in Bakayoko, you expect some sort of adjustment time, like some necessary adjustment time. Yeah, yeah, if for him and for Murata, and that's the problem. Mm -hmm. The problem is that we didn't go out and we didn't shoot for these marquee players like the other clubs are doing. I mean, you look at Liverpool, look at Klopp. He had he had an option over the summer to buy a center back. Virgil van Dijk didn't fall through, and everybody was criticizing him because there's so many other center backs that he could have gone after. Mm -hmm. But he wanted to wait for, for for Virgil van Dijk, and Virgil van Dijk is top class. Oh, yeah, I paid off. And it paid off. He spent $70 million on a center half. 
and it paid off. We spent $70 million on a striker in Alvaro Morata, and look what he's given us so far. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking a jab at him. I'm just saying in terms of Premier League quality right now, we did not replace the players that we had. Okay. And and, and, and then how, how does that go to your point of saying that we have the talent to compete in Champions League because, next year? Because that I just – I named three world-class players that we have. I named N'Golo Kante, I named Eden Hazard, I named Thibaut Courtois. I think our back three is in good shape. I think Zuma coming back has a decent chance of getting into the side. And I, I think, think I think it's fair to say well. that Dave is, is world-class at this point. Dave, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's fair too. Um, but then you look at our midfield and up top. I honestly think if we could get a marauding midfielder, whether that's in the market whether that's Ruben Loftus Cheek, whether and, it's and Ross by marauding, Barkley. you don't mean like Alvaro Morata, right? That's that's not what you mean by marauding. Huh. No. Okay. No. I just yeah. I just humor, lost my train of thought. Humor, no, but, but but here's the thing: it's it's like we're we're one or two players short of becoming a force again, and that's that's the problem. We've conceded a lot of goals because we haven't had a shield, and Golo Conte has to do all the running for two players. If we could get a if we could get a box to box midfielder that could play both sides of the ball, drive forward, create chances in the mold of Frankie Lampard. Mm-hmm. Gotta bless him. Yeah. But 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 that's what I'm saying. If we can get just maybe one or two players to fill in those squad gaps, we'll be fine. Because hey, if you told me Bakioko is gonna be coming off the bench next year because we're gonna go after someone bigger in the market, I'd say, hey, Bakioko's a sick bench player to have. Yeah. He's a great bench player to have. Yeah, for $40 million, who wouldn't want a bench player like that? I mean, $40 million. No, but it's, um, it's, know, it's, just, it's so I'm, frustrating I'm, I'm because we're we're almost there, aren't we? Like, we're so close. And the uh, thing is, we see signs of it. You look at the Liverpool game, that was that was like a defensive master class. I mean, look at the way we defended. The I mean, hottest player in world football was shut down completely. I think assuming that Antonio Conte is going to be gone after this season – um, I don't know how much we can really say like that we're almost there because I think we're we're going to be a completely different team next year. Um, but I, I kind of want to get back into this match because um, Morata was made a, a scapegoat pretty much in this game. Because there's always a scapegoat. Yeah, fans, there? you know, after, they didn't hold back on Twitter after the match. They pointed the blame every which way. But you know, the biggest one I guess that stood out was the criticism of Morata. Um, you know, Willian might have been at fault for losing the ball in the middle of the field. Um, Fabregas made it some trying to make some cheeky move, and you know, in the back at the end of the game as well. Christensen playing a little bit too high up and allowing the striker to run in between the outside center backs for that goal. Um, you know, referee probably missing a call, but I think that m- the biggest blame has gone to Morata, and you know, he's been a scapegoat this whole season. Um, but just for the, talking about this match specifically, do you think it was justified to point at Morata and say you're the reason why we lost this match? Or no, no, <laughs> I no, keep no, on no. saying lost, but pretty no, much it, why it, we lost. I, I, I think it's, I think it's premature. I mean, you have to sit there and watch the match as a whole. He really didn't have any service in this match, and up until Giroud came on, he really wasn't even getting the ball much. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that he wasn't. I was watching him. It's not that he doesn't work hard. I mean, he works fairly hard off the ball. But he had no service today. What did Pedro offer us? 
What did Willian offer us? What did Zapacosta offer us? Marcus Alonso seemed to be the only player from an outside position being effective um, and, and being a threat. And that's not enough. Uh, time and time again, we're relying on our left wing back to carry us to the promised land, you know? And it's that's the frustrating part. And I think if people watch and they see, look how many quality services Murata gets. L- look how many quality passes or crosses he gets every match. And then come tell me he blew it today. He's the reason why we didn't score. It's crazy to me. And you you, you talked about that that one play where he skipped by the goalkeeper and 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 he, his touch was a little heavy and he had to spray the ball across the box. Why wasn't anybody anybody taking a chance near post? I don't. That's that's my problem. And if you want to go ahead and say, oh well, Murata gets a lot of service. His players give a, our players give him a lot of service. Well, he gave our players service. Was anyone there? That just speaks to the effort and the level of belief and confidence that that we as a team have. And you know, maybe Murata's play reflects that sometimes. But in this match specifically, he was not awful. It was not his fault. I think I would agree with you because he he did have a couple good chances, um, and I think that you you said it perfectly. Just the the delivery was not there as far as any other player trying to feed him the ball. Um, I mean, he what he he does do a bad job at is coming to the ball and you know trying to yeah exactly, and that's something that Giroud is is light years ahead of him um, in doing. So. Um, you know they have a nice little combination when Giroud backs into the defender and Morata's just kind of running around like a madman trying to fill in whatever gaps he can. I like that. Yeah, but I love that because but yeah, but when Giroud you know drops drops on to collect the ball, it kind of you know it, it creates it creates space for every other player for the, our wingers to to you know make move movements into the center of the box, and when Morata is just standing there waiting for the ball to come to him. Um, it doesn't create any space and it, it's just, it, it, it yeah. it's, it's a tough, you know, it's just, I think something that, I mean, it's something that we've talked about this whole season and it's something that we've said should be able to be corrected with coaching, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it, you know, we're at the end of the season, nothing's changed. I don't it, know what, here's what, the what thing. to do. He is a different striker than Costa and Giroud, but to say that he's incapable of holding up the ball is just dumb and it's not really an excuse and that's his fault that's Murata's fault because yeah he's a he's a big guy he's not small mm-hmm. what is he about six one six two he has a decent frame he could hold up the ball then what's the problem I mean what's what was the issue it's just it's mental it has to be it, it, he's still he's and, still getting acclimated to the physicality of the league for one and two this guy's been through a lot this year I mean he moved to he moved to a new country he's playing with a new team He's going. He went through his back injuries, which put him on the sidelines multiple times this season, and he lost one of his best friends in a car accident around Christmas time. Yeah. I mean, if you and he's and he had a kid. I mean, if you if you look at everything that happened to him this year, is it really like that inconceivable to think that hey maybe maybe he's had a rough year maybe mm-hmm. he's been through a lot maybe mentally he's drained i i think it's a mental block with Murata because i just said it's it has nothing to do with his physicality 
Yeah, he has pace to burn. He has a technical ability. He has a great. He has a good body. You know, it's why can't he just get his shit together? Well, well look what uh, happened this year. And on top of that, he had a falling out with half his teammates. I mean, did you hear what Cesc Fabregas said today? I don't want to read too much into this. I wouldn't even call it a falling out. But Fabregas was like, you know, I just as a team, we're just not scoring enough goals. Our strikers aren't scoring the goals they need to be scoring. Yeah. Who do you think he's talking to? Giroud mm-hmm. came in, hit the, and he hit the ground running, scoring goals left and right. Who do you think he's talking to? Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're gonna have to try too hard to read between the words on that one. Yeah, yeah, and and rightly so, I guess. Sesk does have a does very have a valid point. To say that. Yeah, he he has a valid point. But, but I mean, if you look at Fabregas, I, I saw his numbers today. He has four assists on the season. That's that's not, you know, he, he he's not. I don't think he's doing his job either. And I don't I think, think you can that, judge him on that though, because look, he's playing in a pivot most of the time. Yeah, that, but I was gonna say I think that has to do a lot with the personnel that we had and the fact that he was forced into playing a position that he he was not he's not meant to play. Yeah, um, it's 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 just like playing Hazard in a false nine. Yeah, except could he do it for for a match here or there? Yeah, but, it's, but that's not his role, right? That's not his role. Um, so let's. We, last week, you did a really great job with the fan questions. Uh, I definitely listened to that, by the way. Um, this week, we got one from Chelsea Eric, um, super fan of the podcast. Um, yeah. So yeah, he he's, asked, he's, he's one of the OGs. Right. And he asked, uh, if if Liverpool wins the Champions League, do we get in? Should we be rooting for them or uh, just hope that they lose on Sunday? Um, As far as I know... Um... There's no way we could qualify for the Champions League if Liverpool went at the weekend and win the Champions League. Um, only seven teams in England are allowed to play in European football. Mm-hmm. And obviously the first four go to Champions League and five, six, and seven go to Europa. So um, even if Liverpool do win the Champions League, they already qualified via top four. So them winning the Champions League wouldn't have any impact on their implications. Tottenham's a lock, United's a lock, and City's a lock. Our only hope of getting in now is hoping that Liverpool loses and that we smash Newcastle at the weekend. But it's yeah. uh the only the only time that something like this would happen is if a top four team um were to to win like the FA Cup and qualify for both. Champions League and Europa League, then a lower team would make it into the Europa League. Europa League, yeah. But, um, Teams could this, get brought into yeah, Europa, but, but I don't not think in, they could no, go. no, but not no. In Champions League, no. If they're yeah, if they're a top four team, only the top four teams make it. It doesn't matter if one of the top four teams ended up winning Champions League this past year. That's, yeah, that's or unless you're a fifth or sixth, like like what Chelsea did when we won the Champions League, we placed sixth in the league that that year. We won the Champions League, qualified for Champions League, and Spurs, who finished in fourth. Got demoted to Europa. Yeah, yeah, that you you could get demoted out of out of yeah, Champions League. Yeah, yeah, but no, so we yeah, there's the only way that we can make a Champions League next year is if we win and Liverpool loses this weekend. Yeah, that's it. That's the only way. And and, and to, who does Liverpool play? Is it Leicester? No, is they it? play Brighton Hove, or Brighton. Yeah, and Brighton's already safe, and they got crushed mm-hmm. today against City. Uh, it's it's. It's looking, it's it's doom and gloom, isn't it? I mean, I yeah, I, I think sugar it's very unlikely. It. I mean, how, when when is Champions League final? It's 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 in late the May. Twenty 
the twenty sixth, I think. Okay, so something. they're not they're not the week of the twenty sixth. They're not going to be thinking about resting their players. It, it's it's it is the twenty sixth. So yeah. they're not going to be thinking about resting their players for that match. They have. I think I think time. Liverpool's front three isn't the type of front three that you rest because yeah, I think be... Mo Salah is just so hot, and especially after last week, where we just completely shut him down. Klopp's going to be eager for him to get out there and oh, and, and nick one, you know, just to get back in the zone. This that is sounds like really bad news for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So let's get into this match for. Uh, that we're talking about this upcoming Sunday, uh, Chelsea uh, uh, versus Newcastle. Um, Newcastle today they uh, lost to Tottenham. Um, if 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 they were to win or or draw today, if they had, um, it would have helped our Champions League uh, aspirations as well. But unfortunately, um, the, I, I saw the highlights of that game. They saw they hit the post a couple times. It was a, I would have bought a John Joe Shelby jersey. <laughs> If yeah, I mean that that would have been amazing if we were to take Tottenham's spot. But um, yeah, you know what? It I think they they're officially locked in for top four, um, just to make it to Champions League and not win another trophy, as in classic Tottenham fashion. Yeah. Um, so this this Newcastle match, we don't really have much written on this because I think it's a it's a it's a wild card match because Newcastle is is safe they really have nothing to play for um what do you what, what do you think about this match what what do you have to say about it um, what would you like to see besides a win what would you like to see yeah i, w- I was going to say 1-0 I, I i just <laughs> think it's going to be very boring it's going to be lethargic i think that the squad um mood the general mood of the squad isn't going to be a positive one going into this match like this wasn't the type of re- result that didn't go our way that is going to perk our players up and motivate them to do better next time. I think this is the final blow. and I know I, so- I sound so cynical, but I'm just being completely honest. Like I-, I, think- I think it's done. You know, there's Yes, mathematically, we still have a chance, but it's done. You know? I think it- and it's sad if-, if we end up playing like, like you said because – it's not. This isn't our last game of the season. We still have that match against Man United for the FA Cup final coming up. So, um, I I do hope that we play with energy and um, a purpose because, you know, like you said, in, uh, talking about Mo Salah and Liverpool, and you know them ha- him having to play to kind of keep his 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 get his form back. I think Chelsea needs to play. A, 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 a blistering match this week um, against Newcastle in order to improve our form. I mean, we, but after t- before today, we were the hottest team in the Premier League. Like talking, if you, if you look at the form, um, five five wins in a row, um, or four 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 in Premier League competition, um, but five wins in a row in, in general. Um, we were one of the hotter teams, um, but. You know, after this last week, I think that morale is definitely pretty low, and we need to get it back up before this uh, this FA Cup final because that that's the that is the last hope to salvage this awful season, Zach. I mean, I'm, it, it's been a very very rough season for Chelsea fans, and I, I mean, really know, quick, I speak for Chelsea fans everywhere. Really quick, yes or no? Will winning the FA Cup salvage our season? Yeah, definitely. I think that walking away 
from this season with some silverware is is will be extremely satisfying given the fact that it was so disappointing mm-hmm. i think i i i personally i think that if we if we were able to beat a rival in united and and jose Mourinho and bring home a you know a piece of silverware one that we we've lost the past two years i think it is to arsenal um it's it's something that we i think that as a team they should definitely be looking forward to because that's something that you know like if, at this point it might be too late to make champions league but in the fa cup it's you know we're, we're on pace i mean we're, we're in we're in the position to win it you know all we yeah. gotta do is win one more game it's, our destiny is in our hands um but i think that you know it it I, yeah, that that's the way I feel about it. Yeah, I, I I guess that's fair. But for me, it's it's not enough. I mean, obviously, winning a trophy is nice, especially over Jose. But it would be a lot different if we were actually competitive in the league. Um, if we competed, if we fought hard, we scrapped, and a, a few results didn't go our way, and we landed fifth. You know, I would have been fine with it. But I guess just the way it all happened. I mean, we were second. Um. In the new new year, yeah. In the beginning of the new year. And it's – we were right there. I mean we were maybe what? I believe like seven or eight points back. That's Mm -hmm. attainable. You know, that's that's within touching distance-ish, right? That's where it all went downhill. (laughs) Exactly. So I I feel like if our second half of the season wasn't so shambolic um, with all the emotional highs and lows, I mean losing to Burnley on the first day and then beating Tottenham at Wembley and then – uh, collapsing against United, the the Watford and Bournemouth match, the West Ham match, but I think the Tottenham it, match I at think home. it says something about pride. You know, like I mean, I I'm drawing an analogy to the NBA, but like the the Toronto Raptors were the number one seed and they got absolutely destroyed by the Cavs in the Eastern Conference semi semifinals. They got swept, and in the last game of the season, they just got destroyed literally a game four it was like if you lose you go home um and you think that they put a little bit of effort but they were just that i think the fact that they got beat so bad in the last game made the loss even worse and i think that if you put up a little bit of a fight and you know even though you end up losing you you walk away with pride but yeah they they had they had no pride whatsoever that's and, exactly and it was a, that was a exactly failure of a season and it was a failure yeah. of a season in their aspect too this is a failure of a season for us as well but yeah. um, you know, if, if if we can walk away with pride, I think that it would be something that I would definitely favor. Yeah. Well. So what are you going for Newcastle? I say I say one nil. I think it's gonna be boring. I think yeah. it's gonna be lame. I think Giroud's gonna bundle in a goal with his ass. Um. And am uh, I, if if I, I'm I'm gonna kind of make a prediction with my heart, and I'm gonna predict a three nil victory. Um. I think that what I'm saying finishing off with a lot of spirit and a lot of, you know, uh, urgency is, is going to, is, is, is in Conte's mind right now. You know, he, he's after this season, he's going to be looking for a new job, (laughs) I think. Uh, so he's got to finish on a high note, I think for himself as much as for the team. And, uh, I think that we're going to end up winning three. No, I hope so. Yeah. I mean that, that, but, but realistically we're probably going to (laughs) lose. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, Even it was good season. having you back, Sam. I'm, I'm going to be the first one to admit. As much as I hate to say it, I miss you, man. You, why would you it's hate to, to have say you back. it? What the heck? Um, but anyways, if you like the pod, um, if you guys have any questions or comments, please follow us, reach out to us. Um, we're on Twitter at Romans Empire Pod, or you could email us Romans Empire Pod at gmail.com. Look for us on any third party app. Look for us on uh, your iOS device. Look for us on iTunes. Who says look for us on our iOS device? Yeah, I think it's, it's, I've never it's heard Apple Podcasts. Apple, Apple Podcasts, yeah. I'm an Android guy, so Nerd. fuck it. Um, but yeah, I mean, reach out to us. The interaction's been great, and we've been we've been uh, talking to a bunch of people, and we've been getting so, so much you know kind words from people, and and uh, it, it's really humbling, and it's great to interact with you. And I promise you, if you tweet at us, if you comment at us, we will comment back. Um, we've we've that's one thing that uh, me and Sam take very seriously is you know like making making a conscious effort to to reach out to everyone that's reached out to us. So um really quick I just want to give a shout out to uh to uh Chelsea in America um and Carefree California. I joined the LA chapter. Hey. Um, yeah, so uh it I don't know how the fuck I started a podcast but didn't join, but um I I comment I contacted uh, one of the moderators her name is Sue. She was great. Um and she Love said Sue. I could even post my podcast on her on the uh on the carefree page. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to that and I'm definitely going to be posting my podcast there more often because making more friends is always fun. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but anyways, I'm talking too much. We should sign out. Mm-hmm. Any last words, Sam? I got one more week till I'm done with school, man. First, first year of law school was insane, but you know, doing this podcast with you made it a little bit more bearable. Yeah. And I, uh, and it's been a long season as well. Yeah, it has been a long season. But anyways, we'll see you guys next week. Make sure you download our pod um, and keep the blue flag flying high.